everybody. I'm your host, Lisa Shield. Welcome to Dating Without Drama, where I give you my unique take on everything related to men, love, dating, and romantic relationships. My practical yet spiritual approach to getting emotionally naked and attracting what I call a guardian of your soul will be music to your ears. So let's get started. Hello, everybody. I'm Lisa Shield. And I'm Benjamin Shield. This is Getting Inside the Right Male Mind. We are so happy to have you here today. We wanted to speak about something that is in the media. There's a lot of controversy going on in the world today. It's not a topic that we talk about very often, anything controversial, but it's important that we address these things because they affect us and they affect our relationships deeply. They have a huge impact, what's going on in the media, in society around us, cultural pressures, societal pressures, religious pressures, political pressures. They're all part of the landscape that shape us and shape our relationships. And so it's important to not just push them under the rug and ignore them, but to talk about them honestly and openly. And one of the things we don't do, my husband and I, we don't get political only because we have women from all walks of life and all political and religious backgrounds who we work with. And our programs are all inclusive. We want to create an environment within our programs and within the work that we do that is accepting of all people, of all faiths, of all skin colors, of, from all over the world. And the work that we do applies to everyone. Love is love and the principles that form a guardian of your soul relationship are the same whether you're a man or a woman, whether you come from India or Africa or China or the United States. It doesn't matter. These principles are universal. And so we avoid taking a position on any political issue, even though we have our own core values, Benjamin and me, and we, we have our own deeply held beliefs about certain things. One of the topics that's come up that directly affects so many women today is abortion and the overturning of Roe v. Wade. This is something that is a very, very divisive issue within not just society as a whole, but within individual relationships. I will share something deeply personal that I learned that my own mother and father had to go through a backstreet abortion, and I didn't know this until yesterday. So, um, Probably in the late 50s. In the late 50s or early 60s, mm -hmm. probably. Yeah. yeah, late 50s, mm -hmm. because my brother was born in 61. Pardon me? You were born in 61. Oh, I was born in 61. <laughs> That's right, I was. So my brother was born in 59. Uh -huh. Oh, wow. So yeah, it would have been in the late 50s when my parents met. I guess my mother got pregnant and they were both still in college and it was not the time. I know that both of their parents would not have been happy. They would have had to have been rushed into a marriage at that time. And so my mother 
became very ill from this. It didn't go well. And it was a traumatic, traumatic experience. And I learned this only yesterday from my father's former wife. Um, He had told her about it and how horrible it was Mm. for both of them and how they both felt they didn't have another choice at the time based on where they were in their lives. They weren't ready to have children. And then, of course, they went on to have two children, my brother and me, in that marriage. So They wanted children. They just didn't want to disrupt their lives and, of course, the lives of their parents as well, which would have socially it would have been unacceptable for them to have gotten pregnant. So this is a topic for me that's very near and dear to my heart. But what Benjamin and I want to look at today is not whether abortion should or shouldn't be legal, whether it's right or wrong, what has happened with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. But it made us sit back and think about how do couples talk about these things? How do two people, when they're dating, what matters when these kinds of issues come up in terms of two people coming together or coming apart? And how do you deal with this? What do you do? Can two people who have vastly different ideas, who stand on opposite sides of this issue, can two people come together and actually have a guardian of your soul relationship? And what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're talking about core values. And core values are really what makes up the matrix of our being. Mm -hmm. That it's not just a preference. And it's not something that can change with the wind, but it's something that is deeply ingrained in who we are, in our identity, and how we see life. Yeah, and so core values are not changeable for the most part. These are beliefs that have been at the core of our being, and they really are who we are and what we stand for. Most people have probably five primary core values that really are unchangeable for them. They will be a part of who they are through the whole course of their lives. Mm -hmm. And if you look at your core values, a core value could be something like being out in nature. Some people Mm -hmm. are very, Benjamin and I are very much homebodies. We love being Together, we spend a lot of time (laughs) inside. We don't want to go hiking or camping, (laughs) or if we do commune with nature, it's usually from the window (laughs) of our car. (laughs) We would prefer to go driving through nature rather than walking around in nature, which means we may never get Lyme's disease. (laughs) But we're very, you know, we're very aligned you and me on our core values on what we value in life we value work we value our careers we value the nature of being a guardian of each other's soul that is a core core value not a preference right and a core value for both of us was not having children neither one of us wanted children Neither one of us in in the course of our lives, we both decided that we didn't want to be parents. And it was one of the values that brought us together. When you were dating, you were very specifically looking for women who had grown children or no children. And so that was something also that bound us together at a soul level, this idea that neither one of us felt that we wanted to be parents 
So these are very deeply held beliefs that any couple has. How do two people, honey, can two people who stand on vastly different sides of an issue have a guardian of their soul relationship? I think it's always possible to navigate to the goodness of the other person and to have the idea that both people, even on either end of the spectrum, have the same goal, which is to do good in the world and hopefully leave it a better place than when they entered. However, there are issues that are so sensitive to people that for two people to coexist with vastly different core values, they have to kind of walk around those important conversations. And those important conversations are really about the things that are most meaningful for us. We were speaking about this earlier as we were talking about the subject, and we both agreed that if two people are so far apart on a core value, there would be very important issues to both people that would not be able to be talked about that you would have to, like you said, go around them, step mm -hmm. over them. But it would be very, very challenging. And if you couldn't share those deepest core values with your most intimate partner, it would always be something that would keep you apart at mm -hmm. the deepest, at a soul level. Right. And there may even be a tinge of resentment mm -hmm. that how could this person look at life this way and be so wrong and do so much harm in the world? So there could be this toxic peace in a nourishing relationship. Well, and we have friends who have different values yeah. and also family members who hold mm -hmm. different values from us. Uh -huh. And there are conversations that we just will never have and subjects that we completely ignore with those people because we don't share the same core values. Yeah, and, and, it's, and not just ignore, but actively avoid. Actively avoid, yeah, yeah. actively avoid. And it's so hard to have deep friendships, deep, the deepest kind of friendship, even though we see the dearness in certain people and we can see their heart and we can see the goodness that's there. There's always this little bit of how can that be? Like, how can, you know, where we feel a little bit separate, where we feel a lot separate and apart on these very, very core values. Now, we've had a lot of our clients who come to us and they're dating, and they will say to us, I'm of this religious faith and this other person is not religious. And, you know, can we have a close, intimate relationship? Should I even continue seeing this person? Or you may have somebody who's very Democrat, very liberal, and another person who's quite conservative. And they will ask us, is there the possibility of being able to have a relationship with that person? Yeah. And... My sense is that it would be very difficult. Two people could have wildly different preferences, what time they have dinner, the type of vacations, different things on a day-to-day -day level. But it would be very, very difficult for two people who have diverging core values to be in an intimate relationship. Yeah, it's, you know, if two people are more centrist, if they're more towards the middle... Mm -hmm and they kind of go either way, then that's a very different thing 
you have a lot of young people today who pride themselves <laughs> in being more inclusive, not taking a stand on issues and things like that. Personally, it's very foreign to me. I, I, I find it difficult to even see that because it seems that I'd rather see somebody who's convicted <laughs> around something mm -hmm. than somebody who's just yeah. so wishy-washy or non-committal or so yeah. all-inclusive that they have no opinion yeah. about anything. Yeah. And often it's not that they don't have an opinion because they're inclusive or they're open, but that they avoid looking at certain subjects, which does not foster respect. Yeah, I don't. They, they, they think it's respectful to see both sides and be understanding. To me, it feels like there's no backbone. There's no willingness to pick a side or make a decision right. about something. Right. I think it's important being on this planet to say, this is where I stand. Yeah. This is who I am. And this is where I stand. And to be about something and for something, there's a passion, there's, a, there's an aliveness in feeling that you take a stand on something. But maybe they take a stand on not taking a stand. Right. I don't know. Well, I, I can't imagine our founding fathers say, well, you know, having a king in, you know, run, ruled by the king of England, you know, I, I could see why they would want that. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. It's wild. I mean, at the same time, I mean, I believe in inclusivity of, for all people and yes. all ideas. I believe in people's rights to take a stand or I think it's inconceivable to think that we judge people on their race or, you know, the color of their skin or on their sex or whatever. Right. I believe in inclusivity in all of that and that people should have a right to choose what they want. But I have my own deeply held personal beliefs about issues and things that are deeply meaningful to yeah. me. And there are people out there that may feel, well, if you get two people with opposite core values, it would stimulate conversation. But my sense is there's never been a political or religious debate where the other person walks away saying, wow, he was right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we either debate those people or we're preaching to the choir, people that already agree with us or confrontational. And right. it's meant to shame the other person or discredit the other person's beliefs. Yeah. I think what is so disturbing to me is how we have this incredible gift of being able to think for ourselves. We, we live in a country where we really do have the freedom to believe and think the way we want to believe and think. But for me, and I'm just speaking from my own perspective, people they're so quick to give up that freedom mm -hmm. and follow along with somebody else's way of seeing the world. I think it's just wild to me how people will give away their freedoms and all and, and what freedoms they'll stand and fight for. Yes. You know, that there's more freedom for gun rights than there are for human rights in a lot of ways. So it's wild to see how jumbled all of that is. But back to what we were talking about, which is what do we do in those situations? For example, once I said to you, what if I decided that I want to have children? Like, what if I woke up one day and just decided, you know, I really do want to have a child? What was your response? Well, 
that I would support you and we would be very good friends. <laughs> but we wouldn't, we wouldn't have this. We wouldn't have this type of relationship. It would go into the friend zone. And, you know, I would support your soul. As a friend, I would be as much of a guardian of your soul as I possibly could be. And if you wanted kids, it wouldn't be with me. And I would deeply, deeply, deeply hope that you would have found that relationship and that life that you would want. And you wouldn't have tried to talk me out of it or convince me otherwise. If I came to you and I said, I've decided that I really do want to have a child. Yeah, I wouldn't have said, you know, having children are wrong or having children are right. I would look at your soul and say, I hope you find what you can. If I can support that in any way, you know, tell me how. But you wouldn't have decided to have become the father of my child. No. <laughs> no, because that's a core value for yeah. you. And you made that decision, and I wouldn't have tried to change you. Yeah. I wouldn't have tried to convince you. I would have known anyway that it wouldn't have worked, <laughs> that I wouldn't have gotten very far. But that would have been that. And I think some people listening would wonder, well, you know, how could that be? Or why would you do that if you are guardians of each other's souls? You know, shouldn't you consider wanting to have a child with me? Isn't that being a guardian of my soul, to want to have a child with me? Well, being the guardian of someone's soul also means that the other person deeply wants to be the guardian of your soul. So it's that mutual connection. We never want to live someone else's dream. So if someone has very divergent core value and we feel that we need to bend to be with them, it's living someone else's dream, which is tragic because depending on someone's view, we may just have this one time in this one lifetime to live our lives and to be the people we were meant to be and not to be the people that we're bending ourselves and our core values or ignoring our core values to coexist with someone else. And let me ask you even, like, what if I had gotten pregnant? Well, we would have had a discussion and I would have examined my core values to see how much of it was dogma and just, you know, like personal identity, to have an identity. And I think we would have been in deep discussion. I mean, for a decade, I was a strict vegetarian, not for health reasons, but for moral reasons. I never thought I would not be a vegetarian because the thought of eating an animal just overnight had become disgusting. And about a decade later, one day I woke up and I realized I was doing it not so much out of moral conviction anymore that I had when I made the decision to become a vegetarian, but it was more of an identity, like handing out a card saying, hi, I'm Benjamin Shield, I'm this, I'm that, I'm a vegetarian. And it gave me a sense of identity, of personality. Mm -hmm. But I realized I was doing it out of habit, not conviction. So I think it was important for me to look at what's a core value and what's you know, kind of a stubborn idea that no longer had the vitality mm -hmm. of when I first adopted it. And let's just say that I had gotten pregnant and I really wanted to keep the child. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that we came into the relationship and I didn't want children, you didn't want children, but then we got pregnant yeah. and I decided, you know, not that I wanted a child, but that this was our child, yeah. right? Well, I would have to look at the core values that are coexistent and the coexisting core values would be, you know, I, I don't want kids. I never did. I really didn't have that calling. 
And I think someone who wants to have kids, they really have to have that calling because it's such an important position in life and not to be taken lightly. Another core value would be really believing in the family unit and believing in the sanctity of life and believing in, you know, wanting to be the guardian of your soul and, you know, measuring those and weighing those coexisting core values, which would take introspection and and discussion both. It's interesting, you know, even as we're talking, something that's occurring to me, which is you and I met and I was in my 40s. The chances of me getting pregnant at that time were slim. Mm -hmm. But I have to admit that um, if I had been pregnant with your child, it would have been very different than, you know, just getting pregnant. It would have been our child and not any child. Yeah. So again, introspection and discussion. Yeah. You know, really deep, deep, deep introspection and not repelling the other person's feelings. Right. Um, But really opening up as much as we can to feel the joy and feel the pain and feel the uncertainty, really seeing how much that I could change. If it were something that was so much of my core value that I couldn't change, then then it would be a problem. You know, it would be a, a problem. If suddenly we're of the same religion, but if one day you came home and, and you became a strict fundamentalist in that religion, I would really see how much I can coexist with that because, I, you know, my level in our religion is cultural and, you know, ethical, but not so much fundamentalist of doing certain routines and having set things to do and set ways to do it. So it would be, really, it would be an opportunity to look at myself and look at you and look at us. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. When we met, we were so aligned. Right. <laughs> I have to say, I don't think that opposites attract. I think having two people that have both feet in the world and are on the same page is the best combination of all. We're not boring together. We're alive and we can thrive in this relationship because our core values are the same. I mean, we have differences in temperament and, you know, of course you're a man, I'm a woman. There's enough there that creates its own unique polarity and passion and playfulness in the relationship. But who we are and what we believe in at the core of our being is so aligned. I mean, it's wild how much we think alike and see the world in the same way and what that means for a guardian of your soul relationship. Yeah. And I think one thing that you said that opposites don't attract, but I think that in many instances, because of the novelty, opposites do attract, but they don't stay together. You know, it's the novelty of like, wow, this person is so different, but it's rare that it would last. I can see why it would attract and I can see why it wouldn't last. Yeah. Wow. I think about my mother and father, and I wonder, neither one of them is here today, Mm. and I wonder what it was like for them to have to make the decision they made, Mm -hmm. what they went through, because they did wind up getting married, and they did have children. I know my mother had a very hard time getting pregnant with me, and I can Mm. only imagine, Mm. you know, what she went through and... Mm -hmm knowing they probably were going to marry and have kids, but they just weren't ready how they made that decision together. And 
what that was like for both of them. I know when my father's ex-wife told me about what happened, she said it was very, very hard on my father, mm. very hard on him, mm. that it wasn't easy and that my mother got very ill and just the whole process of what they went through was terrible. Mm. And, you know, it was hard for both of them and they went through it together. So I guess at least in that moment, they were guardians of each other's souls. Yeah. yeah. And they made a hard decision. Without dissociating from their feelings or from the feelings for each other. It must have been so awful, you know, in that day, in that time, having to do that, not knowing who to turn to or where to go, you know, and just having each other probably. I don't even know if they went, you know, if their parents would have known, if they would have told them. I'll never know. Wow. Wow. Well, these aren't easy decisions, clearly, that people make. And I can see, you know, as we're talking, what may have been a a much more clear-cut decision for me with someone else. If I had been pregnant with your child, it would have been a very, very, very hard decision to have made. In our program, uh, Emotionally Naked Dating, I write the profiles for each of the women, <laughs> both a full-length one and, and a, an abbreviated 300 characters or less. But I, I try to put in as much core value mm-hmm. as I can because it's not only important to explain who we are and what we want, but also who we're not and what we don't want. The goal is really to have people find each other with a similar foundation of core values because people could be attracted because of hormones or because they have all the things financially secure, certain height, you know, just a nice person. But beyond that tip of the iceberg, the core values is everything below that tip of the iceberg. And what's really fascinating about what you do, babe, you put those core values right up front and center and you don't bury the lead. You put them right out there. If a woman is looking for her future husband and the father of her kids, Mm -hmm. You put that right up yeah. at the top, and yeah. most people would say, don't do that because it's going to scare someone away. Which we want. We want to scare that, maybe that 98%. So, you know, because people get a lot of responses from the profiles, mm-hmm. from posting. And so there's a whole queue of men waiting. And so the goal is really not to waste time that we'll never get back, particularly if someone wants a family and time is, is precious. Or if someone is of certain age and time is precious and how many more seasons, you know, how many more birthdays can we celebrate together? So finding that person and not settling Mm -hmm. for like, gee, I don't want to scare away a lot of the guys, even if they don't really share all my core values. I don't want to scare those people away. We want not to scare them, but we really want to filter them out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we want them to pause and say, Is this really what I'm looking for? And not waste time. People are so afraid to be serious and ask for what they truly want and stand for what they believe in, you know? And it's so sad to see so much of the dating advice out there where it's so nebulous and it's so, Mm. you know, strategic and gamey Mm. and whatever. And 
we want to just find that right guy, right. cut through everything, and get to the heart and soul of all of this yeah. so that we can help our women find these beautiful guardian of your soul relationships. Yeah, I think the difference is that in a lot of dating books, they say, get the ring and the relationship will follow. And it's just the opposite. It's having that relationship yeah. and getting the ring. Well, and life is hard enough. There's enough going on in the world today. And having that guardian of your soul, that person yeah. who sees the world, sees life the way you see it, is so important. Things are hard enough and confusing enough right now mm -hmm. the way they are. So having this, yeah. I know, I, I have to say... I don't know how I would be getting through life right now without you. I, I really mean that. You have been my rock. I look to you to feel, you know, just for what's sane and what's real and what's true in this world. Having this is so important. Having another person whose values align with mine and knowing that no matter what kind of craziness I see going on around me, I have you and I have us. And this is what keeps me sane. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. This has been Getting Inside the Right Male Mind. I'm Lisa Shield. And I'm Benjamin Shield. Thank you for joining us. And if you enjoyed this, please come back. Tell your brothers and sisters and uncles and your father and mother and everyone you know about this. We're saying things in a different way than other people are saying them. At least that's what you're telling us. We want to come at this with heart, with authenticity, with truth. And we want you to know that there is something extraordinary out there. You don't have to compromise when it comes to love. Mm -hmm. You can find a true guardian of your soul, someone whose core values align with yours. You don't have to think and believe the way Benjamin and I do, but you do want to find somebody who at the core sees life the way you see it. Mm -hmm so that you can go through life together, you know, side by side, looking out in the same direction together. So please go to lisashield.com. You have the new website up. We have a brand spanking new website, which we are so proud of. And it tells our story and it talks about the work that we do. Benjamin and I teach a 12-week program called... Emotionally Naked Dating. <laughs> <laughs> which we feel emotional nakedness is the foundation for lasting love. And we show you how to get there in 12 weeks. So please check out the website. You can go to the work with us page, which gives a description of this course and then our two subsequent courses. You will also find the button all over the website to watch my free 45-minute presentation. You want to watch that because if you sign up for a call with us, it is required. <laughs> so we will jump on a breakthrough call with you, either me or a member of my team, and talk to you about how we can help you find the guardian of your soul. We do this podcast every week. And the podcast actually has two episodes. One is called Lunch with Lisa. That would be with me. And then there's one with this guy over here called <laughs> Getting Inside the Right Male Mind. We do that each week as well. 
and you can like and rate the podcast. You can also go to YouTube and give us the old thumbs up. We like that as well. (laughs) And finally, you can send your ideas for future podcast topics to podcast at lisashield.com. This has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye.